Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode number 134 of Brewers on Tap. The regular season is winding down. One more road trip on the horizon for the crew. And then that final home series of the year against the Detroit Tigers. And of course the Brewers are thinking about October. It is good to have you with us for this edition of the podcast. And we have a lot coming your way. We're going to talk to Xavier Cedeno, one of the newest Brewers, the left-hander from the White Sox that has had a big impact on the stretch run here in the 2018 season. We're also going to talk to Tim Dillard, one of the Brewers' favorite organization guys, one of the favorite minor leaguers maybe in the history of Brewers baseball. He's been up doing some analyst work on the pregame and postgame set for Fox Sports Wisconsin, and we're going to chat with him about what it's like to put the analyst hat on and just of course have some fun with Tim Dillard as you always do when Tim Dillard comes around. So that is coming our way as well and as we have been doing every week we are going to take a look at the MVP case for Christian Yelich and we might mix in a few thoughts on Lorenzo Cain too because truthfully if you start applying all the numbers Lorenzo Cain has a strong argument as well. Two of the top players in Major League Baseball this year and they happen to play for the Brewers. Pretty cool stuff. Brewers losing last night to the Reds by a final score of 3-1. to one. The offense couldn't quite get going against a handful of Reds pitchers. Michael Lorenzen got the start. Sal Romano came into the contest. Rysel Iglesias finished the contest for the Reds. Brewers started Chase Anderson. Anderson went a season low, three and two-thirds. He gave up three runs. He gave up a first-inning home run to Jose Peraza, and the Reds never trailed from that point forward. The Brewers did get a base hit from Christian Yelich. They got a hit from Jonathan Scope. And the other hit in the contest came off the bat of Jesus Aguilar. Brewers just three hits in the contest. They sit at 86 and 66 overall. So still 20 games over 500 for the season for the crew. And here's where they stand in terms of postseason as we chat. Brewers three and a half back of the Cubs in the NL Central. So... It's been a tough week in terms of the NL Central. The Cubs have been able to put a little bit of room between them and the Brewers. Still 10 games to go, so anything can happen. But the Brewers are sitting at three and a half back of the Cubs in the NL Central. The Brewers hold on to the top wild card spot as of right now. They have a two-game lead on the Cardinals for that top wild card spot. They have a three and a half game lead on the Rockies for a postseason spot, period. So the Brewers' magic number, and we're at the point where you can start talking about magic number. That applies. The Brewers' magic number to clinch a postseason spot currently sits at 8 right now for the crew. So get a win tonight against the Reds, and that number goes down. Rockies lose another game. That goes down another number. So the crew uh, starting to tick down those numbers and getting closer and closer to potentially popping that champagne and celebrating a postseason berth here in 2018. We told you Christian Yelich had a hit in last night's game. Monday's game was history. Christian Yelich did something that no Brewer had ever done before and that nobody had ever done before against the same team. He hit for his second cycle of the season, and both of those cycles came against the Reds. Just the fifth time ever 
that this has been done, two cycles in one season, and really just the third time in modern MLB history that it had been done. Babe Herman in 1931, and then Aaron Hill, a former Brewer who did it in 2012. One of those came against the Brewers, ironically enough. Christian Yelich is squarely in the MVP conversation, and a little bit more on that in a bit. For now, let's listen to the week and what it is sounding One ball, two strikes. Hayter delivers. Struck him out swinging. High fastball at 98. And the Brewers will take a 2-1 lead to the ninth at Wrigley. Electric, to say the least, at Wrigley the last three days. 1-1, blasted deep center field. Going back, Almora on the warning track. At the wall, it is gone. The net couldn't keep it in this time as Granderson goes deep. It's 3-1 Brewers. 1-0 pitch. Ground ball, left side. It's got eyes in the left, a base hit. Yelich is in. Kane's going to score. There is two huge insurance runs. It's 5-1 Milwaukee. The pitch home. Line drive caught by Arcia, and this ball game is over. The Brewers come down to Wrigley and take two of three from the Cubs, and they're just one game back in the Central. Kane, pretty good lead. There he goes. Yelich sends it in the air to center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. It is gone for Christian Yelich. And the Brewers have the lead. Shaw drives one to right. Warning track. Get off the wall at least. It's gone for Travis Shaw. And they add one more. That one cleared the barrier in right into the Pirate bullpen. And Travis Shaw with his 29th of the year. And the pitch swinging and a fly ball into right center. Lorenzo Kane warning track and leaping and he's got it. Throwing back to first base and it's going to be late. Oh, what a catch by Lorenzo Kane. One and two on Moustakis. Nevraskis deals. Fly ball deep right. Big insurance run for the Moose. It's gone into the second deck. 98 coming in. 104 coming out. And the pitch. Swinging a bouncer. Hit to third. And this should do it. And the throw. And this one is over. Mike Moustakis throws out. Francisco Cervelli and the Brewers take game one final 7-4 Milwaukee one and one on him Disclafani deals again and Santana sends another one deep left center get up get out of here gone Santana strikes again and the pitch swing and a drive to right deep get up smokes no doubt about that one got it all new sign Casale here it is Yelich knocks one to the gap in right center this could be the one ah, he's gonna be held to a double he's trying for three he's gonna do it get out he's in there Christian Yelich ask and you shall receive. Wow. 
disfigure that guy. You can't. What a year. He hits for the cycle for the second time this year. Pretty cool stuff. Another exciting week. Every day is exciting right now when you come to the ballpark, knowing that that postseason berth is on the horizon. By the way, we'll have some news as well coming up when we check in on the farm on a new affiliate for the Brewers Minor Leagues. Again, more on that coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Right now, let's jump in to our clubhouse conversation. We talk with Xavier Cedeno. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good it's job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in. Uh, trying to do too much now for the clubhouse conversation We're joined by brewers left-handed reliever xavier sedeno xavier um another inning of scoreless baseball last night it's been uh, pretty smooth for you so far on the mound since you came over to the brewers yes he has i'm uh, i'm feeling great and uh i think I'm, as long as i feel good i'm gonna uh, go out there and compete you know as, as best as i can what has it been like to come into this clubhouse and get thrown right in the thick of a pennant chase and it seems like uh, you had some familiarity with guys when you made the move over. Did that make it easier? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I play with some guys that, that are playing here right now. I play with uh, Chasin, Lyles, you know, Gio for a couple of years down in Washington. Uh, it's good. It's good. Always, it's always good to uh, have some guys in the in the clubhouse that you know. You know, you're familiar with. Uh, made me feel comfortable coming in, and, and just everything is going my way right now, our way. When you got traded, um, the Brewers were in Washington, so you met the team in Washington, and, and then Gio got traded basically the same day, so he comes over into the clubhouse. But what was it like for you to come back to Washington, a place that you had played, but be with another team, and then see your former teammate walk basically just down the hall and walk into the clubhouse also? It's always exciting. You know? It was a good feeling, uh, you know, because uh, we're in the five, we're, we're running for the playoff, and uh, as soon as I got the news, I got traded to the Brewers. I was like really, really excited, you know. And then I saw uh, they got Gio when I got to the field the next day. You know, we shook hands, and uh, it was it was great. It was a good feeling to be there. I think a lot of people thought when the deal was made for you that you were going to be a guy that could come in and get lefties out. But you've shown you can get righties out too so far. It it hasn't just been a lefty only type of situation. Yeah, uh, it's been a long ways for me, and uh, after last year and um, this year, I figure out I figure some things out and. Uh, uh, I'm attacking more righties instead of you know, like running away from them, and uh, it, it's it, I think it helped me this year, you know, attacking them and making them hit it. A lot of cutters from you. That's that's what you see. But uh, you broke off some nice curveballs in last night's appearance too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's no secret. Uh, they know, they know. Uh, I have a cutter and a curveball. That's all I have. But uh, you know, I fix my spots and uh, I try to do the best as I can spotting the ball down in the zone, make it, make it hit it and, and try to try to make it hit it in the ground. Is it fun for you as a, as a le another left-hander to see Josh Hader do what he does up close? What, what have been your impressions of being around him? He's, that's, that guy's impressive. He has great stuff and he has live arm. He throws, he goes out there and, you know, he, he pounds the strike zone and it, that's really hard when you have an arm like he does. It, it's really impressive to watch. 
it's a big group right now, and you guys go out for stretch, 14 of you, I think, from a relief pitching standpoint with the Brewers. But uh, it seems like there's a lot of camaraderie there. Did you feel that immediately? Yeah, yeah, it's a September baseball. You know, a lot of guys get called up, but uh, down there we all we were like a like a really family. You know, we we don't I don't know them I don't know them really well, but they're nice guys. They're out there. They're talking about baseball, and it's it's fun. You know, it's fun down there. We're basically in the middle of September now, and this is a two-game race between the Brewers and the Cubs in the Central. And the Brewers, of course, have the leg up on everybody else for the wild card. Do you sense that now? Can can you feel that that each game has a little bit different meaning or can have a little bit different impact than maybe what it felt like a couple of weeks ago, even? Um, no, I, I mean, once I get I got traded, I got over to the Brewers, and I started feeling that way. You know, I was I felt it like there's playoff run and, and every game now is it feels like it's playoff so it, that's always good you know to feel that and go out there and try to compete as best as you can when you get traded and you get a chance to work with Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel um, some new eyes so to speak on your stuff and what you do is is there a lot of back and forth and feedback or is there somewhat of hey we got you for a reason do what you do that's was basically what they told me just go out there and do you know how to do and uh, what you've been doing this year. And, uh, you know, I always get some stuff from them too. You know, so if something goes wrong, they'll, I'm sure they'll tell me, you know, what they think. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, But it's, most of the time it's just go out there and do, and like I said earlier, just throw the ball down the middle and like, on the zone and then make a hitter. <laughs> Xavier, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. This week on Sabermetrics 101, we're going to look at Brewers MVP candidates. And the majority of the conversation right now is centered around Christian Yelich, and rightfully so. Christian Yelich has had an absolutely monster season. But Lorenzo Cain also deserves to be in that conversation. Of position players for war, wins above replacement, Lorenzo Cain far and away above anybody else for position players in the National League. Lorenzo Cain has the fifth highest war in the National League period. The four guys above him, starting pitchers, Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and Kyle Freeland. Cain comes in fifth, and he's the top position player with a 6.6 war on the season. Javi Baez comes in behind him. This is all baseball references war. Baez comes in behind him, sixth in war, with a 6.0, Paul Goldschmidt behind him with a 5.8, Christian Yelich in there at a 5.8, with the eighth best WAR amongst NL NL players, and of course with the fourth best WAR amongst NL position players. Amongst offensive WAR, Christian Yelich has the top spot, 5.8 offensive WAR for Christian Yelich. So basically, um, when you're looking at best offensive player in the National League right now, it's not very close. Christian Yelich is the best offensive player in the National League. When you look at offensive war, 5.8 to Paul Goldschmidt's 5.3. Javi Baez in there at a 5.2 in there at third. So it's a good conversation. Lorenzo Cain also in the top 10 in offensive war. Ninth with a 4.6 offensive war. It's his defense that gets him in front of everybody else. So truthfully, the Brewers should have two MVP candidates. The majority of the attention is getting placed on Christian Yelich and for those offensive numbers I just gave you. So for the sake of comparison, because it is kind of an offensive award in a lot of ways, I decided to go back and look at Ryan Braun's numbers through 
136 games in his MVP season in 2011. Why not? Kind of fun to compare what Christian Yelich is doing to that historical season for Ryan Braun. And here is Ryan Braun's numbers through 136 games in 2011. Batting average was 331. He had 27 home runs at that point in time. He had driven in 96, 36 doubles, 5 triples, 31 stolen bases, and 88 strikeouts on the year. Now, I, I, I used 136 games played. It wasn't through the 136 game mark, 136 games played, because Christian Yelich has played in 136 games for the Brewers. Yelich's numbers through 136, a 317 batting average, 31 home runs, 93 driven in for Christian Yelich. And he has 30 doubles, 6 triples, 20 stolen bases as well, and 129 strikeouts for Christian Yelich. Now here's the other thing to pay attention to. Through 136 games, Braun with a 977 OPS. Yelich with a 955 OPS on base plus slugging percentage. Braun finished that year with an OPS in the 990 range. Uh, he finished on terror. Everybody knows about what he did in the final week of the season, in the final game of the season. He finished with a 332 average, 33 home runs, and 111 driven in, and 33 stolen bases for Ryan Braun in that MVP season of 2011. Kind of fun for comparison's sake. What it does show you is that Christian Yelich is absolutely having an MVP caliber season here in 2018. Okay, let's talk to Tim Dillard. Let's break it down. Tim Dillard joining us here on the podcast. Tim, first off, you're here the last couple of years. The Brewers have brought you in in September. We've had some fun with it. It's been a September call-up. You've been a part of the social media team and doing some different fun stuff. This year, you're, you're an analyst on the set. How different has this experience been, and are you enjoying it? Yeah, no, first and foremost, I am absolutely enjoying it. It's pretty amazing stuff. Um, second... Yeah, this is way more high profile than probably even pitching. <laughs> like, you know, I, I kind of know how to do that, and I don't really know how to do this, so I'm kind of just winging it. And um, I do want to correct you, though. Last year, I didn't, I didn't get called up. I tried. I tried to, you know, weasel my way any way I could. And uh, anyway, this year they broke down. They finally said yes, and they let me get on TV. Yay! <laughs> I okay, so you did do the vignettes, though. Was it that wasn't last year? Was that two years ago that you did the vignettes with? With Counts and yeah. and uh, what, what was it? The Scream one, right? Yeah. With Lee Tunnel and Counts and all. Was that two years ago? That was two years ago, 2016. Time goes fast. The, yeah, the bullpen phones, you know. And yeah. Lee's out there, and if you know Lee, he's just very mild-mannered, and he picks up the phone, and it's Drew Barrymore, like, hello. You know, he's got his voice. and It, it was good, and, you know, everyone's in the dugout playing a prank. That's actually one of my favorite videos I ever, you know, recorded because I thought it was kind of cool that I was a still a player, but yet I have the coaches – Doing whatever I want. <laughs> and you did the Saturday Night Live skit, the Open, uh, which was a big oh, hit as well. Very well done. So you've had a lot of fun with that over the years. But now you're an analyst. And how do you balance baseball and trying to be who you are too, which is a guy that brings humor and, and keeps it light and has fun? Yeah, it's one of those things um, that I, I said right up front, like, is this a, a gimmicky thing? Are you trying me to, you know, just be like a like a goofball? Like, how does this look? Or, and I said, because I do have a background in baseball. My dad played in the right. big leagues. He coached my entire life. Um, I played, you know, 16 years in, 
in the mostly the minor leagues. <laughs> There's some big league days in there, but I wanted to get an idea and get a feel of what they thought. And they said, "Bring your A game. You know, you can. Uh, you need to take this seriously because this could be a chance at something. We can't promise anything, but we want to know if this is going to be an option for you. And we kind of want to see what we have. And so I came at it and uh, trying to find that balance of yeah. making a joke, but also having something to say. And what's interesting in my dynamic being here is that I can actually talk about guys that I played with this season coaches that I well coaches I've played with in seasons past and I have had before and um, it's, it's just a real interesting dynamic and I'm kind of just tiptoeing through it but it's really fun so you've had a chance to get to know this team a little bit now uh, as you said you're very familiar with the personnel but but seeing this team on the field seeing up close in person over the last couple of days what stands out to you about this group of guys and why they've had the success that they've had I think because for me, the success I look at it, it has to do with guys on the bench. I look at the lineup that's put out there, and I'm like, that's a good lineup, but this guy's not in there, this guy's not yeah. in there, this guy's not in there, and you can't do that with every team. Every team, you know, they'll put a lineup out there, and you got maybe one or two guys that, you know, what are they going to bring to the table? Or I, I just feel like the Brewers are so deep in so many ways, and you know, that's a little bit have, having to do with so many moves in AAA. Like we had so many guys that were yeah. just there stockpiled and. And now they're up here and they're and they're making a difference. And and you just mentioned something that you guys dealt with a lot when that, that is right now there's a shuttle back and forth and not just with the Brewers but almost every major league baseball team where AAA to the major leagues there's a lot of guys going back and forth and some nights in the bullpen you're pitching you don't know who's available and who's not because somebody might be going up the next day that can be challenging to get through a AAA season can it? Well, I think for the young guys, especially guys on the roster, they sometimes try to keep one eye on what's going on in the big leagues, and, and sometimes it takes away from their focus in AAA. You know? And they always say, don't have one foot uh, in the big leagues and one foot in AAA. You know, be, be where your feet are. And it's hard not to worry about those things. I've been that guy, and <laughs> I'm not that guy anymore, but you know, I, I know what they're going through. And you know, what I was impressed with, the guys that got sent down this year, they knew it was sent down for a purpose. They knew it wouldn't be all year, but they knew they had to get – where they needed to be and then you look at somebody like Domingo uh, getting called back up he's been a difference maker and definitely uh, Corey Knable coming back just with new life like just a perspective man nobody wants to be in the minor leagues but it's how you deal with it and what your attitude is and just seeing those guys how they went about their business uh, it's it's inspiring you have done all sorts of crazy stuff over the last couple of years uh, I mean you you <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin with some of the things that you've done over the last couple of years. A lot of your stuff has really caught on, and, and um, I mean, you accepted an award. You presented an award, didn't you, for Univision? Yeah. Uh, in the last offseason, right? Yeah, in December. Uh, they flew me to Miami, and they had me give out a fake award, or they, I almost did. Instead, I broke out in singing a Latin song on stage with six backup dancers. That's right. They were only going to give me two. They thought it was going to be great. They added four more. Six backup dancers. I had pyrotechnics and lights going everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't make, like, all the big, you know, news. It wasn't on the Today Show. Uh, it wasn't on ESPN. Maybe the Ocho. But, no, it was great. It was great. I, uh, I don't know. I don't like doing the normal things. And yeah. so anything that's out of the ordinary really grabs my attention. I had to say yes. What, what is next for you in terms of you know, you're, you're, you're doing the analyst thing this week. You're, I, I know you love to play ball, and, and that's always something that's, that's on the horizon for you. But I mean, you have built a brand for yourself. So what, 
What's next with that brand? You write a book? I mean, you could write a book. I, I mean, there's all sorts of things you could do. What are some of the things that, because I know your brain's always working. What are some of the things that you're, that you're rattling around in your brain right now? So many things right now. <laughs> you have a podcast, right? You, yeah, I mean, I you do podcast. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I got a podcast going going around. I've I've made a couple of websites just to see if I could do it. Um, doing the analyst thing right now just to see if I can do it. And you know, I'm just throwing everything against the wall, hope, hoping something sticks. You know, because I heard it's good to have a job, and uh, we need some money. I have a little. I'd like some more. You know. <laughs> And that's really what I'm trying to do, just see what's next. And I, it's not that I'm done with baseball. I feel like, like personally, I feel like I could pitch for a long time. I feel like what I'm doing on the mound is the same as any other, you know, 30s, mid-30s sidearm right-hander who pitches all the time. Yeah. I, if, I felt if I was given a true opportunity, I could, I could do that. But I got to take what I'm given, and I'm just not that pro- priority guy. So I'm kind of throwing everything against the wall, hoping that that wall gives me a job doing something. Okay, what's the what's the hardest thing about being an analyst so far that that has stood out to you? Um, pretty much all of it. Like, as soon as they say, "Okay, three, two, one," I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, and what I really had to had to hammer home was like Yelich, Yelich. You know, how do you say it? You know, you don't want to say it wrong, or you know, you try to get all the names right. That's an important one to get right. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's all I've heard since I've been here. <laughs> Well, you got Knable, you know, you got some of these guys and you don't want to mess other names up and, you know, you got an earpiece and someone's talking to you and, you know, it's challenging. I, ha- I don't think I've looked at the correct camera one time. There's only two cameras and I'm whatever I'm the lights pre- on typically 60 yeah. percent of the time. I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> I don't work every time. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great cologne. Um, well, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. This is really cool. It's been fun to see around the ballpark and uh Best of luck. I know this is going to be uh, another fun offseason for you, but uh, best of luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't know what's coming, but stay tuned. Checking in on the farm. Okay, as we check in on the farm, a tough ending for the Biloxi Shuckers in the Southern League playoffs. The Southern League Championship, in fact, Against the Jackson Generals, the Shuckers fell three games to one, so they dropped that five-game series in just four games after advancing to it by way of the Southern League South Division Championship Series, which they took down the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. So uh, a tough ending to the season for what was a great season for the Biloxi Shuckers, and a bunch of those guys are going to be guys to pay close attention to in 2018, guys like Corey Ray, Lucas Ersig, Guys like Trey Supak, a bunch of names. Zach Brown, who is the uh, minor league pitcher of the year for the Brewers this year. Corey Ray, who is the minor league player of the year this year for the Brewers. That is a great cluster of really talented players. It's going to be fun to watch them move up over the next couple of seasons through the Brewers system. So the minor league seasons are now over. The Fall Instructional League has begun at Maryvale Baseball Park in Phoenix, Arizona. And the Arizona Fall League is on the horizon starting up in just a couple of weeks. But big news for the Brewers in terms of player development contracts in AAA. Everybody knew that the Brewers were going to be in a new market in 2019 and beyond for their AAA baseball affiliate. The Colorado Springs Sky Sox moving that organization, that franchise, to San Antonio. The Helena Brewers in the Rookie Pioneer League moving that franchise to Colorado Springs. And that will now be a rookie-level ball team in Colorado Springs where they used to home 
house, if you will, the Sky Sox. Now the Sky Sox franchise moving to San Antonio, taking over essentially what was the San Antonio Missions AA franchise, now becoming a AAA franchise. So with all of that, there's been a ton of other shuffling in baseball uh, around the league. You have Fresno open, you have Nashville open, you have Las Vegas open, Round Rock making a change. So tons of different moving pieces and everybody curious where the Brewers were going to end up. And where they ended up is kind of where they started in some ways. Even though it's a different market, they're still with the Elmar Sports Group, uh, an organization they've had a ton of history with, working with them at the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, working with them at the Helena Brewers. And so they are still going to be with them in San Antonio. That's going to be the home for the next two years for the Brewers AAA affiliate. And I think that's exciting news. Getting out of Colorado Springs was going to be a big deal regardless from a player development standpoint. It's going to be much easier to develop pitchers in San Antonio than it was above, above sea level by more than a mile in Colorado Springs. So this is a big upgrade for the Brewers. It's very exciting. They'll play their home games at Nelson Wolf Municipal Stadium. Again, this has been the home to the double-A San Antonio Missions in the Texas League for many years. David Stern saying, quote, We are thrilled to continue our relationship with the Elmore Sports Group and relocate our AAA team to San Antonio. San Antonio provides one of the premier minor league markets in the country and offers our player a quality player development environment. We look forward to many future Brewers making their final minor league stop at Wolf Stadium. So exciting news there for the Brewers as we check in on the farm. Let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. As we look at what's on the horizon for the Brewers, this final road trip through Pittsburgh and St. Louis, then coming home, final three regular season games of the year. Coming your way Friday, September 28th, a 7-10 start. That is the final five-county Friday of the season. Of course, residents of Milwaukee, Ozaki, Racine, Washington, Waukesha counties, all saving 50% on tickets on that night. It's also a student night. There's also the Miller Lite beer pin going on that night. Fans who sit in the Miller Lite beer pin receive a free Brewers t-shirt and a scratch-off card giveaway that night. First 20,000 fans receive a scratch-off card featuring a variety of fantastic prices, including free 2019 tickets, food, beverage vouchers, game-use memorabilia, club suite, and more for the first 20,000 fans are going to get one of those scratch-off cards to possibly win some cool prizes. Then on the 29th, that's Saturday, that's a 610 start fan appreciation night. All fans receive a Brewers team photo and have the chance to win fabulous prizes throughout the game. And again, scratch off card giveaway that night as well to the first 20,000 fans. And then on Sunday, that's the final regular season home game of the year. Kids will run the bases with exclusive Brewers cap. That's uh, all coming your way on that day. Kids 14 and under can run the bases at Miller Park and participating kids also receive an exclusive Brewers Aurora Children's Health Cap while supplies last. Also a kid's ice cream sundae. Nobody ever wants to miss out on that. And again on Sunday, you can get that scratch-off card as well. And it's a military half-price discount on Sunday. It's going to be exciting. The Brewers making their final push here to October baseball, coming back to Milwaukee. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week from St. Louis as the Brewers continue their march. I'm Lane Grindle. Brewers! Brewers!